welcome Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 272. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much. I'm feeling a little little weird these days. Like there's a lot of fluidity going on in the world right now. There's a lot of weird shit happening, good and bad, and it's just weird. There's a lot of demystification of stuff. Brian and I were just talking about a lot of stuff where we're learning that the stuff that we were told that everybody was spitting that all, you know, spouting is, was bullshit. So there's a lot of weird, weird feelings going on right now. Crazy times. Yeah. I was definitely in a funk for a little while there, but I will tell you the last, last week and a half or so, like seeing all these, uh, Canadian truckers, honk, honk, hashtag honk, honk going up there and and causing a big ruckus in Ottawa and demanding finally a push to set things right. Yeah, yeah, demanding freedom, which is a basic human need, want. Yeah. Just fighting for that. It's it's so beautiful to see. So that got me fired up. And then seeing Joe Rogan, an inspiration for this podcast, 100%. Yes. The White House, whose job it is to uphold the Constitution, including the First Amendment, is asking Spotify, a Swedish company, to censor Joe Rogan, an American citizen for disinformation. Like how messed up is that? That's disinformation. That's, that's not the job of the white house. If you, the president, when the president was sworn into office, the oath was, I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to do the same that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. And I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter. So help me God defending the constitution. Yeah. I don't know. There's been no defense of constitution for a while now. Well, when people want other people censored, and you look at you know, all these artists coming out now, like Neil Young and David Crosby and all these old hippies who were fighting for freedom back in the 60s and 70s, whose music were. was all about freedom, are now somehow protesting someone's conversations in the name of censorship. Like yeah. that blows my mind. Like I can't even wrap my head around that. They went from fight for freedom to obey. Yeah. And what, how do you combat some disinformation with a conversation with, hey, you said this. Here's the evidence that this is incorrect. This, you know, ABC, this is it. No one wants to have that conversation with Joe Rogan. They don't, Fauci's not going on there. You know, no Fauci's one is willing to go and, and, and go and try to disprove this disinformation that's the most insane thing about it is they're not like hey man i didn't say that i said this this is this is supposed to be correct they're just trying to shut it down end the conversation you know it's a lot of thuggery and cancel cancel culture right now but you know when that usually happens when someone is getting really really close to uncovering something that people in power really really don't want to have uncovered that's right just like the truth about skiers boom Snow is not even real, bro. You didn't know that? Snow got, is fake. We, we've had we've been but we've been putting up fake snow since 2012. There's no such thing as snow. It's we it's print all fake, fake money news. and we print fake snow. Fake snow. Hashtag fake snow. 
that's funny shit. We want to talk about that kind of stuff. We're here to talk about fun stuff, about skiing, about love, about community, about friendship. Well, I Thank think we you. could talk about Teresia and my new puffer jacket that they sent me that is dope as shit. Look at that. Well, you're jumping ahead a few seconds. <laughs> we will get there. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. You can go to your favorite podcasting apps, Spotify. We're not taking ourselves down from there. We love you, Spotify, iTunes, right. Amazon, everywhere, everywhere. iHeartRadio. are found. iHeartRadio. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to buy some cool swag, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. I need to get updated. We got to get some new stuff. We're working on it. I've been saying that for months. I know that. I apologize. There is still some cool stuff out there at the moment. Sponsors. Thank you. Thank you so much to our sponsors. Teresia, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A. They are at teresia.com. Premium cold weather solutions. Their mission to create best-in-class apparel that can be worn in any cold temperature environment designed with thoughtful features and fit lots of pockets which we love and oh. always providing the optimum level of performance for whatever you are doing they fully believe in the idea that good products can always be made better and strive to constantly improve refine and optimize all facets of their products go to their website terracia.com use the code terracia bum all one word t-e-r-r-a-c-e-a-b-u-m 15% off Boom. Do you have your puffer jacket you want to show? Uh, I'd have to go run the other room and get it. I wear it like every day now because it got a little chilly. And Dude, I tell you what, it's freaking awesome. Super high quality piece. I absolutely yeah. love it. I wear it all the time. I love the my pockets are nice. Like they're they're perfectly designed pockets. That's I'm a big pocket guy. Yeah. They I mean I've had again other big name brands. I've Band worn pocket their design stuff. pisses me off. It's okay. This stuff's good. I, I love this Teresia stuff. I wear it. I just wore it yeah. skiing with my son this week. And also a huge shout out and thank you to Paradise Skis, paradiseskis.com, P-A-R-A-D-I-S-E-S-K-I-S.com. They make seriously fun skis. They're all about making skiing as fun as possible, whether that's shredding laps in Hawaiian shirts, bringing the parking lot apre, or getting up early to go for that huge backcountry objective. It is their mission to build skis and snowboards that allow their customers to enjoy every single day in the mountains. You got them in your house. Got them in my house. I got the reds. I haven't had a chance. You mount the bindings? The bindings are on. I haven't had a chance to take them out yet. Oh, you got the bindings on. All right. Yes. Go to paradiseskis.com. Use the code SKIBUM15, 15% off. They got the reds, the resort skis, the blue, the B, the black country skis. And they got the green, the split board for all you boarders out there. So check them out. They make awesome stuff. Thank you, Paradise Skis. Mario, let's kick it off the way we always do. It's time for our prey today. Dog's here today. He's running Stormy. crazy. Stormy hasn't sponsored the podcast yet. We should get like uh, Chewy.com or something to sponsor Stormy. What we got to do is have a map and have him like poop on the map. And that'll be where the next big dumping is going to happen. Right, uh, not a bad idea. It's dump like for a dump, uh, like a puck, the Puxatawney Phil. Dumps, <laughs> That's right. dumps, dumps a doggy storm. Dumps a doggy storm. There you go. Dumps and dumps. So I pray. So I actually am going with an, a hard cider today. We had co- several conversations about hard cider. Now this is a local hard, hard cider. cider. Okay, so not uh, hard not cider. Soda. Hard, hard seltzer? seltzer. Sorry. So this is a hard seltzer. Hard um, and this is from a local brewing company. There's three daughters. Uh, so three daughters 
I went to the brewery this week and uh, this past weekend is somebody's somebody's birthday, a big birthday. So we went there. It was really chill. They had a band. I mean, you had this huge brewery. It's, it's really big and they make some really good beers. They just came out with a, another IP that's really like a, an orange IPA. It's actually really delicious. Um, so I was crushing those, but it was just so chill. Everybody brings their dogs. It was this massive brewery and right in the brewery, right, right in front of like the big, uh, vats, they actually set up this whole big stage and they had band, you know, band playing there all day. It was, it was a lot of fun. Of course it was also like 65 degrees. So it was perfect. And everybody's just hanging out. They got food now. So very cool. And I, I tried these there and I was like, you know, I usually don't, uh, I'm not a big fan of just trying random uh, hard seltzers, but somebody said it was pretty good. So I was like, ah, let me try it. So this one's pretty good. It's a raspberry. Tastes just like a White Claw or something like that. You know, maybe a little bit a little bit cleaner than White Claw, but it's uh, it's right in that wheelhouse. And that raspberry flavor is pretty good. So, Well, I saw that they actually have hard soda now. Like they've mm. just... Nothing, nothing is sacred anymore. Well, like think Bud about Light. it. They started with the iced tea, right? It was, was hard iced first, tea. like Mike's hard iced tea or... Lynchburg tea? lemonade, twisted teas. Then they yeah. went into like ciders. Then it was seltzers. And then they have, if you can find it, it's it's dark. It's dealing with the uh, the dark arts, the, <laughs> the hard water. Yeah, it literally tastes just like water. You, you could drink it like at the gym and not think there's anything in it. And it's like five, five to 7%. It's going to be hard air next. It's like, just like alcoholic water. air. It's just like, you're just getting hammered off <laughs> of like, like breathing. It's like Bill Cosby, roofy water. That's all it is. <laughs> it's like Bill Cosby's own hard <laughs> water. Cosby cola. Mm, mm, this is good. No, but they have Bud Light. Jail. He got out, right? I think he got out on some technicality or something. He got out because you can't, you can't keep him back for roofing and raping women. He was roofing the inmates, roofing and banging the inmates. They had to get rid of him. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know if he went to jail. I think he did. He probably did. But no, they had like hard soda. So Bud, it's Bud Light Seltzer hard soda. Like that's so many words. Damn. Like so many words. How yeah. about Red Bull doing a hard Red Bull? Hard Bull. Let's see, hard Bull. <laughs> now I'm thinking. Hard taurine. Bull. Isn't that what Taurine is? Like bull semen? That was like with the ingredient in Red Bull originally. <laughs> Yeah. Allegedly, I think I heard. Uh, don't they still have taurine in it? I think it's artificial taurine now. Ah, uh, it's tritonanium. Or it's something. It's like based on bull semen, but it's not actually the good. What's in Chernobyl? Because that's Chernobyl. what's in there. <laughs> but that's where I, I, the Red Bull and vodka. Like, still, that's like a classic. Like, I can, I can taste that drink and remember those ridiculous nights I've had in the past. Like, that's yeah. just it's just that flavor. Well, usually those are good. Like I'm not one to pound those like vodka Red Bulls, but when you're sitting there playing playing blackjack for hours, those are nice to keep you up and keep you keep you nice and tuned. Keep you in the game. Keep My sister in law's friend in college died from like chugging Red Bull vodkas. Yeah, there's been a few deaths from that, and I guess it could get away from you. Yeah, it's uh it's no bueno. No bueno. If you're like a sorority way girl. To die starving yourself and puking before yeah it's just not a good way to go that and the vodka tampons that's a bad way to go that's what what are you doing <laughs> do we have to have an autopsy i see the tampon in his ass like sorry 
And yeah, that's that's a that's a dark place you're going to. That's a really forget dark water. That the well, water is not about that. Like it's sad enough that that young kids have died from that. But like then they got to tell the parents, and then they well, how did he die? Well, he put a vodka soaked tampon up his ass. Like really, you couldn't, you know. And I'm sure the parents are like, "Fuck!" Everybody's looking at us like we never told him not to put those up his ass. But like, do we have to have that conversation with kids now? That seems Crazy. like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> That's right. Larry David, I don't understand. What are you putting that up your ass? I do. What you feel? Yeah. Uh, and then like he goes and tries it one night. No, no. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, fucking Larry David. I'm saying for the next season, that, that could be an episode for sure. That could be like, Larry, we could write with, write with you. We Hit got ideas. Skeep on podcast at gmail.com. Right. We spit mad rhymes. <laughs> so last week I went with my throat coat and Grand Marnier, which has been my drink of choice. I showed you the damage I've done to that handle of Grand Marnier and it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. It's actually growing. Thing. I'm getting a little concerned about how much, because I'm not drinking a lot. It's just every night. It's a little bit, as my dad would have said, <laughs> just a couple drops you put in there of the Grand Marnier in my tea. And I'm but you know little, you want to drink it. Like you're on a mission to drink it before it gets stale. I'm I'm going to be a little bit concerned if I pull this off. To be honest, <laughs> I don't I don't think I need to drink a whole handle of Grand Marnier in any 12 month period. Anyway, imagine I, you're like at AA and they're like, "Well, what got you here?" Some people vodka, beer, Grand, Grand Marnier. Marnier. <laughs> what? Like what? Vodka Red Bull on a tampon would have been better well, than it, that. It got to the point where I did a Grand Marnier tampon and I knew I needed help. <laughs> I know. I needed, I'm sitting there on the floor crying in the bathroom. My wife comes in. I need help. I started speaking French. It got really weird. I don't even speak French, but the Grand Marnier tampon just... Oh, put your Le the tampon, edge. as they say. Le tampon. Le tampon. So I, I couldn't go with that. I can't do the same thing back to back, especially something that's as uncool as that. I had a little bit of tea before. A little under the weather right now. Not too bad. Just a little something. Probably Omicron Plus or whatever they're calling it. It's Stealth Omicron. The stealth secret Omicron. Omicron. Yeah. You have super secret Omicron. <laughs> I decided to make a little cocktail. Because whenever I'm sick, I always, I love orange juice. Nice. I don't really drink much of it during the year. It's got a lot of sugar. I don't want to do that. I get sick. Now, if you have never had the Trader Joe's unpasteurized fresh squeezed orange juice, that is orange juice. Delicious. Like Tropicana can go, it's pretty much like orange drink. <laughs> but it's isn't terrible. Grand Marnier orange juice that you don't have to refrigerate? <laughs> there you go. Add a little water to it and you good. So I decided to make a sort of tequila sunrise. Oh, all right. So I wanted orange juice. I didn't want to go with vodka. So I got my kirkland tequila anejo oh okay which apparently is a 94 pointer wow not how many points probably 100 maybe who's that james beard uh suckling they have all the ratings yeah this is a uh, goddamn costco man costco booze you can't beat it so costco booze a tequila sunrise is supposed to have orange juice tequila and grenadine so i don't have grenadine in my house That's something you, you make like shirley temples with that you know, no, like I have Shirley. A, I have that around just for tequila sunrises. Do you really? Yeah. I freaking love those things once They're in a while. Good. I didn't have any grenadine. So what did I do? Boom. Maraschino. Oh, the Luxardo ball nice. maraschino cherries. Luxardo I, juice. God damn it. If you have never had these things in a Manhattan, in anything. Old fashioned. Old fashions don't have cherries though. 
You do. Old fashions have like the little uh, no, on fire a, orange wedge, don't they? Or orange? They peel? have both. They have the the orange and oh, the they do? cherry. Okay. Yeah. Treat yourself. You know, Treat life yourself. is short. You may die in a, in a, a you may crash into a gas truck tomorrow. <laughs> and the sixteen bucks you would have spent on these maraschino cherries, you wouldn't have even noticed. You wouldn't have cared. Worth it. You just dropping cherries like just making it rain cherries, dude. They taste. I don't want to be creepy or weird. So I won't be. But these are, they're just like, I, I don't even know how to describe how sweet and delicious these things are. If, mm. if you were going to go off the rails and just like give up on life, eat a whole freaking jar of these things. It's a good place to start. Just eat up, I mean, man. So much sugar. So I decided to put one of those in. So I got my little cup here. I got a little orange juice, a little tequila, a little uh, Luxardo cherries and I can tell you, this is delicious. I'm feeling better already. Nice. You see? Dude, I made the mistake of looking up Bill Cosby and clicking on memes. Oh, <laughs> it's just Oh, bad. no. I got to shut it down. So that sounds pretty good. It's How's delicious. It to, well, you got the tequila and orange juice, and you just substituted the grenadine for the Luxardo juice, right? Yeah, I just put a little bit of I put a cherry in and kind of mashed it up. But there's no Grand there. Marnier? I don't think Grand Marnier is in a tequila sunrise, is it? I didn't know if you put some in. You could put in. I, I got to dial it back. I cannot go through an entire handle of Grand Marnier in like, <sighs> it's going to be six months. I got to, I got to like, I got to extend this bad boy. I got to get to Think at least 13 months. the other mimosa. You could put Grand Marnier, orange juice, maybe a little seltzer water, a little club soda. Boom. A Mexican mimosa? Mexican mimosa. Yeah, there you go. I watched, Andrea found some mm. show on, on Netflix. It was showing all these like Mexican... I guess cuisines or foods or whatever. And they would go to different places and show how they did it. And they had the one, I forget what the drink was called, but they make these really elaborate drinks with beer. It's hmm. beer and they mix a whole bunch of like, they mix like candy in with it and have these giant cups. Damn. A Mer- Merciado or someone's laughing at my. Wasn't a chilada, was it? Well, one guy made it with that. Yeah. One guy made it with that. That's and I was the like, Budgelata oh. in a can. Yeah. Dude, I don't know if I ever sent you the picture, but I was in it was in I was in Canada. Michelada. A Michelada. A Michelada? Yeah. They yeah. were taking like beer and mixing it with a candy and one had like shrimp in it. They had like uh, like they just just chuck everything in the kitchen sink in Whatever, there. Whatever. There's all different versions of it. So people do it sweet. Some people do it like in a coconut with all kinds of like, huh. like ceviche almost in it. Like it was interesting. That's weird shit. It was weird. So I was in Canada and I remember I saw there were like six different flavors of the Bud Chilada. And I was like, what the hell are they doing? Is there a Chilada Bud Light Seltzer? It was, well, it's the Bud, what well, has beer with like i don't know the stuff for me what's a clam juice tomato juice and beer right? yeah and it's glad it's, it's clamato and beer so it's kind of like a bloody mary made with beer do they have a platinum bunch of <laughs> platinum <laughs> is pitbull drinking that right now hey mr worldwide Oh, look at that. They have classic chilada. So that's Mexican beer cocktail, easy and refreshing. So maybe it's just a chilada is like the type. And then Budweiser, of course, makes their own. Modelo makes one. Look at that. Bud Bud Light Light. chilada is better than Bud Light. 
I Look found at that. it very hard to believe. They got all kinds of different ones. They got the original extra lime, mango, and fuego. Fuego. But Man. there is no platinum version yet. Not yet. You can make your own though, I'm sure. Yeah, but the michelada, that's what it's called. And it's like, it was bananas, this whole episode. Oh, wait, what's the difference between a chalada and a michelada? Chalada is more simple, and it's a michelada is tomato juice-based beer cocktail. And a chalada is more simple. It's beer with lime and salt. Oh, so so what's in the can that they call a chalada is really a michelada. Oh. I guess. I don't even freaking know. That's a slippery soap. That's a that's another click hole. I just got to shut that down. <laughs> that's, that's for tomorrow, maybe. That and Bill Cosby. We got to shut all that down. Shut it down. Restart the computer right now. Let's go to Ski News. And we're recording this on February the 3rd, which is a Thursday. And maybe you know, or maybe you didn't know, but the Olympics have already kicked off. Specifically, the skiing has kicked off. They already had the first men's downhill training run today. They're doing the men's downhill training too on Friday. And then Saturday is the third training. And Sunday, we got the event. So this is kicking off. Olympics are kicking off. It's going to be an interesting Olympics, as we talked about last week. It's going to be a lot of... Lack of people, a lot of weird lockdowns, a lot of anal swabbing. Hey. It's going to be interesting. I think all the snow also is going to be man-made snow. There's going to be no natural snow at the uh, Alpine Skiing Center. At least that was... Dude, they were skiing. I saw it the other day, and it was regular mountains with all green and just where they were skiing with snow, I was like, wow, that's a lot of fake snow. That's crazy. That said, when we talked to our pal Matt this past, I think it was the fall, maybe it was the late summer, he was saying that, you know, the person who designed this course, it's it's like a, again, I apologize for not knowing off the top of my head, it is a famous ski resort designer. So these, the trails and the runs are supposed to be super legit, but it's just very bizarre because it's all artificial snow there but we also want to give a a huge shout out and uh wish good luck to our buddy benji alexander who is going to be competing for jamaica there in the giant slalom we were trying to get him on last week unfortunately he was a little bit busy getting prepped for the olympics which makes total sense but yeah he had a lot of stuff on his mind i'm sure a lot of stuff going on somehow he couldn't put us near the top and i get it he was trying he wrote to us he was like let's try to try to hook it up for one of the days and almost worked we we sadly just couldn't make it happen in time but he's there right now representing jamaica which is really cool we've all you know we kind of told the story we talked to him geez that was a year and a half ago at this point but yeah former dj turn skier he's only been skiing really since 2015 and he uh qualified for the olympics uh, just getting out there and getting after it and, and being dedicated to this. So he's there. So hopefully he is able to amazing to do well. It's, it's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. So how so, old is he now again? Is 30, 38, 38. So yeah, 38, you know, a lot of people would say, wow, you know, he's not under 20, you know, and he started skiing later in life. Like it's just, it's a good story, you know, to, 
it should motivate a lot of people. You know, when you think about it, it's really a really good thing. It really shows that if you want something and you're passionate about it, you need to go for it because you never know what you're capable of making happen. I mean, this is, it really is a, a crazy, crazy story and it's, really inspiring it's exciting i'm sure they're going to talk about him a lot on the broadcast they're going to have i don't know what day he's going to be out there well, i got the schedule the, here he's doing the giant slalom giant slalom yeah so giant lots oh, women's man. it looks like sunday the 13th so a week from this weekend yes men's giant run one so he'll have his first run then yeah and then men's Giant, where's the? It looks like it's that same day, later oh, on in the day. Yeah, Giants, and that's the medal. Column run two. Yeah. So Sunday, February thirteenth. Get a market calendar. Away. Yeah, that's, that's a be, Super Bowl Sunday, isn't it? I believe you're right. Yes. I will be coming back from New Jersey then. Look at you. Boom. Well, you're not going to be watching your uh, your Buccaneers playing. That's for sure. That whole team's ready to crumble. Tom Brady quit. They're all like, oh, I don't know what's going to go on. Everybody's get James quitting. Winston back. Oh, boy. <laughs> Went off with uh, your quarterback coach. Left yeah, which? Right. Or was he the offensive coordinator? Um, Offensive coordinator. Yeah. 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 So it's exciting. Skiing's going down. Olympics are happening. One slightly crazy thing. I don't know if you checked out that link, the cocktails and hazmat suits that I had in there. No. Because of COVID and the bizarre, the bizarre restrictions that they're having there and the way they're trying to keep people quote unquote safe. They show this video of a bartender at a Chinese ski resort wearing a blue and white hazmat suit as he pours a cocktail before passing the drink to a similarly attired waiter who shuffles across the room in blue plastic booties to deliver the drink. Wow. Oh, yeah, I see it now. That's crazy. They have the whole bar, like, blocked off. They're wearing hazmat suits. And I think the person who's sitting there at the table doesn't have anything on. Like, he's just kind of hanging out and... On his hmm. phone, drinking his drink. Well, if you think about that, you know, the patrons come in and they're not, you know, encumbered by a mask or anything. And these people are, you know, working there, just all suited up. Yeah, they're saying that room service order of a club sandwich and fries came wrapped in plastic and delivered by a worker again in full PPE. Hallways wow. and lobbies of venues and hotels are constantly sprayed with disinfectant giving the air a distinct smell of Lysol. Most days at the media center, workers in PPE emblazoned with the colorful Olympic rings spray down floors and a robot sprays disinfectant into the air. Wow. Hey, they got to do what they need to do. I mean, these are the top athletes from around the world. China has maintained a zero COVID strategy throughout the global pandemic, aggressively isolating and tracing coronavirus cases to keep its official exposure low. Mainland China has reported 106,000 infections and 4,600 related deaths since the onset of the pandemic. Wink. Wink. Well, that's because they have the actual vaccine there, right? Since they created it. <laughs> I won't even get into that. Allegedly. Allegedly. 
yeah, where Dr. Fauci went and visited, but claimed he never went there. Just don't oh want to get into that. Uh, I won't. That's if I was on for another podcast. That's when we're on Joe Rogan's show. We'll talk about. That's that. right. We can get. We can go deep then. That's right. So it's uh, it's really crazy. I I hope we do get to talk to Benji when he comes back because I really love to hear his experience and hopefully he can be honest about it because you know like we talked about last week. People are being told to kind of shut their mouths about things they're encountering, about humanitarian issues. And I wonder how long after the Olympics, when people are back home, that sort of keep your mouth shut is going to be the the MO. Yeah, well, think about this, right? So Friday, I think this Friday is when they usually have the opening ceremonies, right? Right. So that, that's this week. So next week will be the middle of the Olympics. Out of what, it's three weeks long or something? It's like two Roughly. two and change. Two and change, right? So he's going the 13th. He's going like almost right in the middle. So if right. he hangs out in Olympic Village, he's going to be done with his event just hanging out. He might be able to give us podcast from Olympic Village, and then we'll see what he really says. <laughs> <laughs> I think his phone will be like tapped and won't be able to disclose any information. They were saying yeah. that the official app they were supposed to use was claiming that it was not taking any of your data, but was actually, you know how sometimes you get, when you have an app, it'll say like, oh, data. only, like, do you, do you, can you use the microphone with this app? Like, can we use your location? And you can do like, oh, while using the app all times. They said this app was on all the time, record, like with the microphone on. Wow. Like the official, saying. like the official Olympic app for the competitors. Damn. Which is you throw your phone cool. out after the Olympics then. Dude, you need to get a burner for the Olympics. Get a burner. <laughs> what are you this is a new number. Yeah, I'm on my burner for the Olympics. <laughs> the Olympic burners. Yeah. Just go out like Team USA, they're like handing out phones on the bus as they get off. Here's your number. All right, next up, a story about Vale. Rare Vale Resorts Epic Fail is a lesson for how Colorado must grow. They're saying the state isn't at capacity, but it feels that way when I-70 traffic leads to overflowing parking lots and 20-minute lift lines. And they have some pictures. You know what? 20 minutes would be like a walk in the park for some of the <laughs> places that we've been. But I guess for a lot of these places, it's, you know, so Vail Resorts and the Ski Snowboard Corporation uh, that everybody loves to hate, except on powder days when ticket prices drop 20%. Um, but they're saying the anger is, is directed at the owners of Vail Beaver Creek, Breckenridge, Keystone, and Crested Butte because of Vail's, Vail Resort's epic fail for a record number of season uh, pass holders attracted by the aforementioned discount descending on the mountains that are understaffed, undersnowed, and overcrowded. So I can speak to when I was at Crested Butte a few weeks ago with Steve. I got to say that there weren't crowds but you definitely noticed that every place was struggling for staff, you know, and even talking to the GM there, they were, you know, she was like, yeah, we're understaffed. We do the best we can. And they have the executives all go out there and they help, you know, do manage lift lines, wh whatever they got to do. So it's, it's all over the industry. They're saying the service in industry that's facing the labor shortage uh, and two class action Suits, one in California, one in Colorado, bail out a nickel and diming labor practice that is still in place and would make recruitment during the great net resignation tough. So last month they offered $13.1 to settle the California suit. So hopefully the lessons learned to attract and retain workers 
but that is remains to be seen. So uh, I think a lot of people are digging into this now and they're saying, you know, what they pay workers, where workers have to live. They're actually starting to acknowledge kind of, you know, the workers' conditions. Very interesting that it hasn't been brought up before. Everybody just took it as like a rite of passage to be like uh, a ski bomb or to get, you know, to get your free lift pass. But now they're logistically, it's just prohibitive for some of these, for, you know, some of these workers to make it to work. I mean, between the cost of living, where they have to live, proximity to where they work, it's not easy to get, you know, cheap, close housing. And the well, way- the next, Well, the next part of the article is where it gets really interesting because mm. the dissatisfaction with Vail is also a symptom of a bigger, grander problem, a threat to the Colorado way of life where every man, woman, and child can be weekend warriors in the Rockies. Mm. For those who aren't aware, Colorado ski resorts, with few exceptions, operate on federal land. This land is owned by all of us collectively, but the resort owners spend tremendous amounts of time and money maintaining the mountain and installing the latest technology to get us higher, faster, and to more terrain than ever before with fewer risks. Resorts in conjunction with the federal government have made expansions in recent years. Skiers and snowboarders have acres and acres of new territory to explore. Yes, the initial lift lines from the base might be long, but once you get into the backcountry, or in some cases above timberline, there's open space on and off piste. Expanding existing resorts instead of authorizing new resorts makes sense as the large footprints crushing ecosystems are really in the villages where people stay and dine while skiing. Cutting paths for lifts to soar to new mountain peaks is a smaller impact on the environment than one might think. Our forests and wildlife are more vulnerable than ever, but the federal review system in place for these expansions is adequately onerous to ensure protection. There's still room to grow responsibly, including at smaller resorts. Part of the growth, a critical part, is also expanding traffic capacity. The state must find innovative ways to get folks up to the mountains and back to Denver in the same day without hours of metered traffic. Interstate 70 has too many pinch points where expansion is cost prohibitive. But if we could bore Eisenhower and Johnson tunnels five decades ago, certainly there's something we can do today. Contact the boring company. Well, they mentioned that in there. Well, they mentioned the Hyperloop. Yeah. The uh, Colorado Department of Transportation just announced a $700 million plan to relieve one of those pinch points at the western bottom of Floyd Hill. And we hope the design will incorporate a long-term plan to add some sort of transit lane in the future. Rail, Hmm. bus, Hyperloop, etc. Wow. So that's one of the things, I mean, you look at, the numbers, I was looking at how much federal land Colorado has. And it looks like as of 2012, the federal government owned between 635 to 640 million acres, or wow. 28% of the 2.27 billion acres of land in the U.S., uh, for Colorado, the government owns 36.23% of Colorado's total land, 24 million acres out of 66 total, 66 million total acres. Wow. It's a lot of land. So there is a ton of land. And whenever mm. you bring up, like this article says, whenever you talk about expansion, like bringing up, you know, cutting 
trees down and building lifts and you start getting the environmentalists all freaked out and right and, it, and again you don't want to disturb ecosystems but imagine just like imagine perfect your perfect place you live you live right outside of denver you love it you're the foothills imagine if perhaps there was some boring company tunnel that shot you out to this perhaps a new resort just past where Vale is. Maybe it goes a little bit further south. An hour and 15 in this Hyperloop tube pops you out. There's not a whole lot of base area stuff. There isn't this village nonsense. It's almost like another Bay Basin, but you go through this tube out to get to it. There's no parking. There's no village. It's just... 2,800 feet of vertical, gnarly terrain, backcountry accessible. Oh. Does that yeah. sound crazy? A little bit, but that's it's also possible. Yeah. Well, if they did something like a Hyperloop, you get there in no time at all, and they could have a few stops. Like, okay, get off here for Vale and keep going out to go to the middle of nowhere and do some backcountry. That'd no, be kind I, of fun. I get it. I get it. Digging a hole, putting a subway, a train, something like that would take forever and it would cost billions of dollars i get that we're just kind of throwing the best possible ideas out there well what if they just uh instead of closing all those passes figure out a way to not have to close all because that causes a two-hour drive to turn into a five-hour drive like that once well, those the passes prob- well the problem closed. is the passes when it's closed it's usually weather related i mean right look at how much snow they get out there when you get bad bad dumps, big dumps. It's awesome when you're on the mountain, but getting to the mountain makes it a, a nightmare. And then the yeah. accidents that are caused, if you get into an accident and that closes right. the roadway, it's... But it, if at least did a tunnel through there, they wouldn't have to worry about the avalanche and clearing the road. It would be, okay, that part, that avalanche is, you go under the tunnel and it's fine, you know? Or what Who if knows? you create some sort of roof over I-70? Boom, right where the pass gets you back. Use, you get a bunch of hippie chicks to shave their armpit hair <laughs> and you collect it all. You get a bunch of guys' beards. You get all that. You put it together. You could probably build some sort of tunneling system for I-70. The hair tunnel. Mix it with some mud, like adobe, you just and just make it like... You can make hempcrete, you know, like concrete, hemp but maybe hemp, hemp hempcrete. Oh, that'd be great, hempcrete. Dude, that's a real thing. Yeah. Have all the uh, the the smoked out hemp and just use it. <laughs> I think people got to start thinking a little bit more and looking for yeah. possibilities because again, look at all the, all the the possible forest acreage that's out there and what you could do and and how you could expand a few other mountains. I mean, build a few more. And again, we don't need the big ridiculous Vale Village. You don't need the whole town like Breckenridge. You just have like. Like a basin type places, a, a couple more a basin type places, and you could you would lower the amount of people at all the other resorts if they could do something like that. But even think about, let's say you had a hyperloop that went from Denver to Vale, right? You would take all those cars off the road, right? You start going with the big big resorts, take all those cars off the road. It's safer. It's more energy efficient. You don't have you know whatever it is, 2000 people on the road trying to get skiing. You let's say you take 2000 cars, let's say a thousand cars off the road. That's a lot, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, and also you're looking up. at, 
you take 2,000 cars off the lot, you're also taking out 2,000 variables that could potentially cause an accident that causes right. everyone else to be backed up. Right. Backups, you got rescue people have to go out there. You got a lot of stuff you cut out. So a monorail. Yeah. Like, I mean, they chuck a monorail up there somewhere. You put the monorail above I 70, and that would also work as a like a roof to keep less snow getting on it. Listen, I am not a central planner. I have no idea about construction costs. <laughs> I'm just throwing some things out there. I'm just saying in general, like, you know, people are concerned about the environment, but yet they consistently get one or two people in a car and they go somewhere. Well, that's great, but you realize you have a whole car for one or two people and your stuff. Well, what if you were able to do it more efficiently with a train or some kind of people mover that's a little more efficient? It's efficiency, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people like the idea of buses to just take too long. It's it's easier to drive, you know, it's it's quicker to drive. Yeah. But if you had something that was faster and safer, now you're talking about a proposition that people might buy into. Yeah. We gotta look at new ideas. If people are gonna complain about the the traffic and lift lines, we gotta start throwing out some crazy ideas because crazy is gonna fix this problem. We could put people into below earth orbit for recreation now people buy tickets to do that shit you mean we can't figure out a way to do this you can people just aren't trying hard enough they don't want it bad enough that's right yeah well people talking about people who want it bad enough did you know that this year is the fifth kings and queens of corbett's I didn't realize that there were that many of them. I thought it was like the third or fourth year. Maybe. It's actually going to be the fifth year this year. It is happening at good old Jackson Hole, February 12th through 18th. The the good folks at Jackson Hole just put out a video from last year's event called Kings and Queens of Corbett's for Taming the Beast. It kind of shows a little bit of the history of it, the first couple of years, how it's changed, evolved, grown, and how all these... uh, these skiers who are doing it just it's like their favorite event of the year you know they're there at jackson hole for a week they have a great time last year they got dumped on with pow and it's just so much fun to watch because again only after four years to see the event evolve as much as it did because it was pretty much people taking maybe like a 20 foot you know lead in launching off the first year now they have that like kind of long curled run which is at least 100 200 feet to get them into it at this point so it's already evolved so much in four years it's almost like we talked about the x games last week how over 20 years how the x games has you know exponentially changed the degree of difficulty of the events and the competitors this has done the same thing but in four years it's crazy it's nuts. So it's so cool to see how they're like, I look at it and just the ease at which they launch into like one of the gnarliest runs on the planet is just, it's, it's, it's terrifying. It's exciting. It's inspiring. It's just cool. So I miss Jackson Hall. I gotta go back there. It's a special place. I'll post the link in the show notes. If you guys want to check it out, it's on YouTube. That's pretty sweet. We got one more story here in the ski news. Here, Brian found this uh, on Kickstarter. There's a portable tow rope for the backcountry. This is a fantastic idea because you talk about 
you hike up once and then you have your own personal little lift, you know, tow rope device, saving you a lot of time and effort getting back up the hill. So it's this, so they have it on Kickstarter. It's called PL1 and it's a portable uh, rope tow for the back country as, as it's being advertised. Their goal was $39,000 and they smashed it. They're at 92,000. So and it's still got reached- three weeks to go. Yeah, with three weeks to go. So it's really cool. It has paracord that they use because it's lightweight and you can, you know, I guess high strength. And they have a substantial amount of that. And then they have this device. It's basically is the tow rope. And you you get up, you climb up the first time and then you secure the tow rope, you know, machine on. And you drop the line and then you ride on it. So it's basically you tie the line on and then you use this device to basically scoot you up on that, on that line that you just uh, tied off. It's very cool. And they, they have all these calculations here, expected vertical and then your skier weight. And they could tell you like about, you know, how, how much vertical you can get per charge. Cause it's a, it's all like, rechargeable battery stuff. You can get like 2,600 feet of vertical in one shot. In one shot. That's pretty cool. No, that's got to be total. I think that's like... Well, total on the charge. Total on the charge, yeah. Right. So depending on how far you go up or what you're doing. And you know, this could be used for, they say backcountry, but let's say you have a little hill near your house and you want to teach your kids how to ski. Well, rather than have to walk back up and you use something like this, just zip up and here you go. Let's go again, kids. It's so cool too. And you know, you watch it. They've been in development for over three years on it and you look at it like, wow, that thing really isn't that big. And it actually only weighs 10 pounds. Yeah. So you basically have your own private little rope tow. Use this for sledding. Take the kids sledding. sledding. Chuck this out there and be like, all right, let's go up the rope. Yeah. It's pretty pretty awesome. Built and tested in Canada. It's so cool, yeah. Home of Trudeau. $39,000 was the goal. You got 92 already. Yeah. And it costs what? Is it a thousand bucks? I think. Um, let me see the, uh, pledge amounts, uh, well, 14, 13 to 50 Canadian, which is about 1065 us. There's only 198 left. Yeah. They sold out the 1300 level because they're all gone. You get an early bird PO one package. Wow. Pledge $6,500 or more. And you get five times of everything. Nice. They have a two times package, 2800. Complete package for fourteen hundred. That's still open. Fourteen fifty. Oh, the thirteen fifty doesn't come with the cord and the bag and the picket. Yeah, it's just the sender only. Oh boy, yeah, you want to spend the fourteen fifty? I think to get the whole thing. Yeah, that's that's the smart money right there. You that's get the, the whole get up. Thirteen hundred was the early bird package, but that's gone. That was that was the complete package, but. It was a little bit less. So basically it's fourteen fifty now for that same complete package. Right. But I like the, uh, you know, I like the, if anybody gets a five pack and they want to just take one <laughs> of them, send them, you know, to Brian and I, that would work. We'll come. Like, well, if you have them and you want us to, to use them with you, just hit us yeah. up. Ski bum podcast at gmail.com. You start looking at it like, oh, this is nice. Let me, why buy one? Why not buy two? Why not share the love? 
You know, Christmas isn't that far away. Valentine's Day is coming up. You know, we're pretty sweet guys. You could send you could send one of these to us. If you want to be our Valentine. That's right. Hit us up. We'll even have a day on the mountain with you. <laughs> Just no butt stuff. No butt stuff. <laughs> no frontal nudity and no butt stuff. I'm not saying no frontal nudity. I'm just saying no butt stuff. <laughs> I mean, it is a nice thousand dollar portable rope toe. I mean, I will, uh, you know. That is true. Yeah, that I'll is give, true. I'll give something up. Don't worry. I'll earn <laughs> it. I will earn it. It's a rope toe. Otherwise, in the UK, they call it a tug, don't they? So you could have a nice tug. <laughs> I believe they might. No butt stuff. And Canada okay. is a former British colony. So that's you know, it all there makes you go. It all makes sense, eh? <laughs> all right. So that wraps up the ski news. So we have no main topic this week. We're not ashamed of it. We don't have anything. No interview. No trip nothing. reviews. We got, we got nothing. A, we got a lot of thoughts and dreams about skiing. Thoughts and dreams. It took my son this week to a little place, Bear Creek, out in Pennsylvania. Bear really Creek. cool spot. I got to tell you, it was it, it was almost like a little oasis, the place, because it's this really nice they had this whole, the whole lodge, they have a hotel there, a conference center. It's all really new, probably the last 10 years. Shout out to Bear Creek. They did a really nice job there and we had a great time. I actually got him off his little harness for the, the second time now. And he's starting to really get the hang, making his turns, doing his stops. Nice. And it's, it's so cool. It's like all the work I've been putting in the last two years, getting him comfortable and having fun in the snow. And he's, he's starting to get it on his own now and it's inspiring. It's exciting. It's cool. And I'm, I can't wait to get him out there some more. So did that this week. We got some bigger trips coming up later in the ski season, probably February, March, which is cool. So we're excited about that. I'll be going two weeks, going back to Ogden. You're going back to Ogden. That's going to be a great trip. Going to do snow basin. And I actually agreed with my wife because she wanted to do it. My wife, she wants to do cross country. So I'm finally going to do a day of cross country with her. Hit the Nordic Center. Nice. Hit the Nordic Center. We're going to get a review on on what uh, snow basin in the area around it has to offer. Oh, very cool. That'll be a good time. Yeah, I'm Mix actually excited. I told her, I was like, yeah, I don't want to waste a day. But then I'm like, you know what? She's going to do her thing. I'm going to do my thing on the mountain. So it'd be nice to do this together and uh, yeah. spend the day doing a little cross country. Who knows? I might like it better. Like downhill sucks. Downhill I hate sucks. You got to do this, man. Yeah. No, that's really cool. My telemark bindings and that'll be it. There you go. Game has changed. <laughs> that's it. Very cool. So... We got stuff coming up. We'll have more fun talking about the ski new stuff. But I think we're going to do an old school version of the podcast and we are going to go under the ropes. It's been a Been a while. Things usually go off the rails. We're gonna have, have to. Well, I've, I got this whole bottle of tequila here, so things can go really far off the rails if we I decide get to get another refill. I mean, so last week we did the podcast early in the week when we had Steve on. And Thursday, which is usually our podcast day, we didn't podcast last week. I had worked, I was doing work till like 9.30 at night, but I was drinking while I was working. Oh. And again, this whole trucker convoy thing started up and I was like following it on social media and I was getting really excited about it. And I was listening to Rush for like two hours. Like I just kept playing Rush and I was like, yes, I was getting all fired up. The song Red Barchetta, like I... Great song. Love man. that song so yeah. much. 
And I started like researching it. Apparently it's about like this futuristic world where cars can't exist. And there's these like almost like airfoil police. And he's like running away from the police because his father or his uncle has this like sweet red, a Barchetta. I think it's called like a bar a barge in Italian. So it's like an, a big old car. And it's, I think Ferrari, it's like a, a Ferrari made a car called a Barchetta. Oh, nice. So it's about like the story of this old gasoline engine car that's his uncle has like illegally stored and he goes out there every week to go drive it. And uh it's, oh it's one of those old Ferraris. Yeah, from like the like the forties, maybe or the Yeah, 50s. with the little number on the side, like one of those little racing jobs. Yeah. So I was listening to like the Ferrari like, one sixty six MM Barchetta. Yeah. They're saying it's the most important Ferrari. Look at that. So, you listen to like was. Rush's songs, man. A lot of it is about like free will. That's the that is my favorite song by them. Red Barchetta's right there, though. And I kept listening to those songs over and over again while drinking. I actually, so I didn't, that wasn't I drank that much. I had a fight with my wife. I was in the basement. I'm down here. I'm doing stuff. I actually went on eBay and I bought a someone, I guess, created these posters of like song lyrics and I bought the one. Up from free, it says it's the chorus of Free Will by Rush. Nice, it's coming from England. Hey, that's awesome! Awesome, it was fun. So, I just sent you a link, and that they're talking about the whole thing 1948. Yeah, it's such a cool car, man. Basically, the 1940s, uh, 1949 is when it debuted. But they have wow. pictures of like some of these old ones that are still restored, they're probably worth like millions. They're gorgeous and they're tiny. They probably yeah. go fast too. You got a V12 in it in that little car. It actually looks a lot like the uh the Shelby Cobra, which was like 20 years later. Yeah. So cool. Wow. 1430 pounds. pounds. That's it. Whew. Jesus. Wow. The Bronco, I'm look the friggin' Bronco Raptor, the tires are 110 pounds each. Yeah. <laughs> This whole car is 1,430 pounds. So, with a V12 in it. That's so cool. Of course, it made like 150 horsepower back then. It took leaded gas probably too. Leaded gas. Bullshit, fancy gas they have today. It's so crazy. You see like the little windshield and the people's are like a head taller than the windshield itself. (laughs) That is so crazy. So what's the deal with leaded gas? Leaded gas had lead in it for lubrication for the engine. I have no idea. Because I always wondered, like, why did they add lead to the gas and why'd they take it out? That's a wonderful question. Why lead in gas? I read somewhere that it was for lubrication. Oh, but they, it was octane booster too. Huh. It's complicated, apparently, according to Valvoline. It's complicated. Yeah. Tetrathal lead. Simple answer was that automobiles needed to improve the octane rating of gasoline, which could be done by either refining the gas further, more expensive, or by identifying the right set of additives way cheaper. So they call in the guys in lab coats who do experiments with things like hydrocarbon chains, compression variables, and auto ignition temperatures. While a number of different additives were considered, including ethanol, a complicated little compound called tetraethyl lead won out primarily due to cost, availability, and persuasiveness of the people who developed it. By 63, ethyl 
and other lead-based anti-knock agents were present in 98% of the gas in supply. Hmm. They're saying it had a lot of anti-knock qualities. Anti-knock, yeah. So you wouldn't have knocking or pinging because anti-knock agents allow the use of higher compression ratios and greater efficiency and peak power. So I guess it burned better or something. Oh. Very interesting. Yeah, so that's a little side note. So they required a nationwide phase-out of lead in all gas in 73. So I guess it was lead getting in the air. I guess it's probably bad, right? Probably bad. Like lead paint. Lead, lead paint's on everything. All they do is encapsulate it. You're good. You're good. It's like asbestos. As long as it's contained, you're probably fine, maybe. Speaking of people who are fine, by Jeff Bezos. He's got a new super yacht that he's building or having built. He's not building it, obviously. He's done pretty good for himself, right? Made a good living. I was just looking at the (laughs) stock market because they just, Amazon just released the earnings. The the stock's up like $400 in the aftermarket right now, which is crazy. So probably a big day on Wall Street tomorrow. Rotterdam to partly dismantle historic bridge for Jeff Bezos's super yacht. God damn. The historic steel bridge in the Dutch port city of Rotterdam is to be partly dismantled to allow a super yacht built for Amazon founder Jeff Bezos to pass, local authorities have announced. Dude, that's Be- not a super yacht. That's a ship. Dude, that is a ocean liner. Holy Bezos shit. Bezos' gigantic. gigantic. 430 million euro, so $485 million yacht, is too big for the iconic Koningshaven Bridge, which dates from 1878 and was rebuilt after being bombed by the fucking Nazis in 1940 during the Second World War. The shipyard building the three-masted mammoth is Alblasserdam, near Rotterdam, has asked the local council to remove the bridge's central section so it can pass through. It's the only route to the sea, a spokesperson for the mayor of Rotterdam told AFP, adding that the Amazon owner would foot the bill for the operation. Hell yeah. The decision has angered some of the commies in the Netherlands as the local council promised after a major renovation in 2017 that it would never again dismantle the bridge, known as Rotterdammers as De Hef. The mayor's office emphasized the economic benefits and jobs created by the construction of the boat, but promised that the bridge would be rebuilt in its current form. The middle section of the huge steel girded bridge will be removed to give enough clearance for the 130-foot high boat. High. 130 feet high. Not long. How, how long is this fucking it's 13 thing? stories holy sh- that's an ocean liner my god that is a cruise ship that's a small cruise ship the process will take a few weeks and is expected to happen this summer bezos 57 is one of the world's richest men after transforming online bookseller amazon into a global shopping giant damn i want to see pictures of the whole yacht though like what's the design of it <clears throat> I mean, you think about what Bezos paid to divorce his his like wife, and now he's like got his like hottie, and now he's got this like he's got so much money 
Like he doesn't even know. We gotta get rid of that bridge so my yacht can gotta get, get out rid of, of that. And it's so funny how like the politicians are like, "Hey, we'll think about all the jobs. This is crazy. He's rich. We're gonna let him do it. He's paying for it. Do whatever if he wants, man. Yeah. That, Damn. my friends, is fuck you money right there. I yeah, wish they would have said how much it's gonna cost for this this bridge to be. I mean, it's like an ugly old bridge. It looks like something you'd see in Trenton. It's not like it's a nice, it's not like it's yeah, some it's like fancy bridge. Iron bridge, right? Like one of those oh. old, <clears throat> like a trestle bridge. I see the model. There's like a showroom with the model of the boat. Yeah. And there's like, so you see this massive model and everything's to scale. And you see the helicopter on it. It's a tiny little helicopter <laughs> <laughs> landing on the front of the bow of this freaking giant thing. I'm like, that's going to be huge. 130 feet high. 130 foot high. Do we get are we getting stats here on how long it is? Hey, I don't know. He's trying to claim he's got the longest one. Ayo. Isn't it so funny? Like just these like like dickhead, like ultra, ultra, ultra billionaires, like the way they compete. It's like, look how big my yacht is. I got three masts and a helicopter and this. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then like I only use mine like twice. Two weeks out of the year. Yeah. Such a shame. You look at the pictures of it. Like it's just bananas. What this thing looks like. The flying fox. Is that what it's being called? Well, what's really nuts is that this thing, this article is from January of 2020. Before all the, you know, stupid lockdown and pandemic and all that crap went down. Oh, yeah. This was designed in Norway. It is the 14th largest yacht on earth, boasting 136 meters in length. Wow. <laughs> you know how ridiculous that is? So it's done. So <clears throat> I'm looking at like one and a article. half football fields long. Yeah, I'm looking at an Esquire and they're showing the picture of it. And it looks like it's built. They're saying it was built by Lurchen Shipping Company in 2019. So is that the yeah. boat? 136 meters long. So I'm wondering if this is the boat. They just haven't shipped it to him because they probably have to retrofit it. I don't think you need to ship a giant boat like this. He's Amazon. He could ship it anywhere. Next day. Prime, baby. Prime it. (laughs) Two-day free shipping. It's so funny. This article I found, it says, it's a bit unexpected from Jeff Bezos buying a $400 million super yacht right from the bat after his recent divorce with his wife, Mackenzie. It's like, no, it's not. That's exactly when you buy a boat like this, right after you get divorced. Boom. This is the, hey, I still got money from the divorce. So Esquire, it's funny. This is Esquire Middle East. I don't know how the fuck I get on these sites. (laughs) Well, I guess because it was seen in Turkey. So it came out of Esquire off the coast of Turkey. So um, that's the one I just sent you. So the funniest thing, though, is they allow people to comment at the bottom. And you see all these people like, you know, we live in a world where people make all this, you know, 149 plus thousand dollars a minute while the bottom 50% of the world's population won't earn that much in their lifetime. And other people, everybody's hating. And I'm like, you know, good for him. <laughs> Dude, he found a way to do he it. He created one of the most important companies of this century. Like, yeah. 
you could get off your ass and stop commenting online and start building something too. Like you can help figure out how to get people from Denver to ski areas without having to take I-70 and you could become a billionaire too. But you know what? You don't want to put any fucking effort in. You want to sit there and bitch and complain about people who've worked hard. Go fuck yourself. Go figure it out. Otherwise, you're not going to make any goddamn money and you're not going to get a super yacht and some little hottie that you get to as your rebound chick after you get divorced. Boom. That's on you. That is not Jeff Bezos's fault. That is not Mario's fault. That is not my fault. That's your fault. Look in the mirror. Assess yourself. Be better. Be better than that. Yeah. I'm not. It's not my fault. You suck. Set your game up, son. Well, one of my favorite things is uh, they have a meme of like, a you know, it's a dog and they have over, it says, be the person your dog thinks you are. I like that. Right? Like when you get it down to simple things, your dog thinks you're the rock star, you know, be that rock star. Mm -hmm. So now there's a different picture I found and it's like a three mass sailing vessel. Well, that's what it said in that article. Yeah, it's got three masts, which this flying fox doesn't have any masts, but it's got a helicopter and like four levels. Yeah, that's so, I don't know. Let me show you, let me send you this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a big mystery what, what yacht he has. So this is May 2021. Y721 would be as long as Great Pyrenees is tall. I think this is a different boat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. One of them he rented. I think the one on the Esquire thing was he rented that. I'm not sure. Whatever. We'll figure out. I'm sure there'll be another article. Well, I'm sure when Jeff invites us onto it, then we'll have this all straightened out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So they're saying it's, it's that high, and they said something about three mass. Which is the yeah, reason three why, it needs, mammoth. Be, why so it needs got, to clear that bridge. Yeah. Right. So I'm wondering if it is that second one I just sent you. The last one I just sent you. It's like a three mass. It might be similar to that boat. Ooh, but that's still being weird. Built. Isn't that weird? That's super it, weird. It's kind of like a luxury version of what like they did ship. for the America's Cup. Yeah. yeah. But you know, the America's Cup, they have that sail. It's like a, a wing almost. Yeah. It almost looks like that. It would, it's going to cost yeah. $50 million a year to run it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Something that big, you got to have a crew. I wonder how much of a staff, like 50 person staff. Like, there's a lot of people that got to support a ship. That's a ship. 50 That's not a million a year to run the boat. 50 million to run the boat. God damn. Damn. That is unbelievable. I wonder if he's going to have trouble getting staff to run the boat for him. Like everybody else is having, you know, labor shortage. Jeff will uh, find the way. I'm sure he's going to find a way. God damn. That's awesome. That's awesome. It would be. I just want to see this boat. It will be as long as the Great Pyramid of Giza is tall and loaded with state-of-the-art treasures, including an in-deck swimming pool and ambient cinema, all contributing to the rumored price tag of around $500 million. Um. All right, so think about it. Say you have a net worth of, I don't know, let's say $200,000, right? You're doing all right for yourself. You got a little 401k, got some stocks. 
That would be like you spending $500. Damn. Right? Drop in the bucket. 200 million, 200,000, 200 billion. You know, I like the idea of getting a bowler ass yacht because you know what? Depends how much time you spend there. I mean, you could spend four months on a, on a yacht easily, you know? <clears throat> you Depending could. You use it. I mean, now that he's sort of retired. We got to see how much, uh, how big is Shaq's yacht compared to Jeff Bezos' yacht? So if you had a net worth of 200000 that's like you spending $500. That's damn. how much this is going to affect his net worth. <laughs> it's a damn drop in the bucket. And you know what? You can't take it with you, so you might as well piss it away on stuff like this. The thing is, so he <clears throat> buys this yacht for $500 million. He still has $199 billion. <laughs> billion dollars left. $199.5 billion. That's what I'm saying. It's craziness. Yeah. It's crazy math. Like you can't yeah. even, he's at a level where you, you lose, like he has a relationship of what money means from how he grew up. But think about if you're a kid growing up, like if you were his kid, you would have no relation to the rest of the world in terms of money. It would just be totally not an object. Phenomenal. Well done, Jeff. Jeff's right. uh, taking care of business. What can you say? Yeah. Yeah. Gotta respect that. So speaking about another rich guy doing some crazy shit, <laughs> let's go to let's go to Elon Musk. So there's a derelict SpaceX rock SpaceX rocket that is gonna crash into the moon. So they said it's gonna give scientists a rare opportunity to study a fresh crater on the moon. An old SpaceX rocket's SpaceX rocket stage is about to reach its final destination after roughly six year journey by crashing into the moon in spectacular fashion. The second stage from the company's Falcon nine <clears throat> from one of the company's Falcon nine spacecrafts was used to send the national Oceania NOAA's deep space climate observatory into space in February, 2015. Uh, Ars tech technica reported um, and instead of falling back to Earth, the rocket was stuck in a gravity limbo between us and the moon. Bill Gray, creator of near-Earth object tracker Project Pluto, along with a team of amateur and professional astronomers, recently discovered that the rocket would actually be crashing into the far side of the moon on March 4th. Interestingly, uh, the crash is going to provide scientists with a rare opportunity to observe how craters are formed on the moon. The rocket weighs roughly four metric tons and will be hitting the moon at a rate of 1.6 miles per second. <laughs> so they're saying it should create a nice size crater for observations. Well, this is a good opportunity to learn about the moon. <laughs> In other ways, it's far from ideal. <laughs> That's crazy. Rockets are generally designed to return to earth to burn up on reentry, not wander off to the moon. Ah, <laughs> uh, I wonder if that could cause the moon to go out of orbit or something. That was my first concern. I like I have no grasp of <laughs> extraterrestrial physics. Like I don't understand it at all. But yeah. My whole thought was, is this gonna like mess up the orbit of the moon? Like is are, is this gonna be like like knock a chunk of it off? Now right. would there even be an explosion? I guess not because there's no there's no fuel atmosphere, no oxygen in space, yeah. right? You're just gonna get the impact crater of it hitting the moon and the dust going up and who knows maybe the dust is going to block out the sun for a while maybe it'll throw the moon in front who knows what's going to go on it's gonna be crazy stuff 
Isn't that so funny? It's just like, I've ever seen that article being like, wait, there's going to be a random rogue rocket that's going to crash into the moon? Like, isn't this, like, shouldn't we be concerned about this? Like, isn't this a problem? It's like, no, not really. No, it's just going to, it's just space just, junk. And where is the the Tesla that Elon sent up there? Oh, they said it was it orbiting. Was it was it going to go out? Uh, there's the moon man. Starman. Starman. Is Starman so Starman is currently 6%. <laughs> there's a 6% chance of the roadster colliding with the Earth over a 3 million year time span and 3% chance it will collide with Venus. That's freaking oh boy. just so random. Elon's just setting shit up there like, eh, eventually it'll land somewhere, right? Not in my lifetime. It'll be the next extinction event, and it's the fucking roadster hitting the earth. So they, they lost... Well, didn't they like lose contact with it a couple years ago? Because it went up in 2018, in February of 2018. Yeah, so what happened last year, it went close to Mars or last month. And they're saying it's been moving away from both Mars and earth at speed. And they're saying the website, where is roadster estimates the car is 17.3 miles from Mars moving away at a speed of 20,189 miles per hour. Oh my God, dude, there's that website. If you go to it, you can actually like put in the date and see exactly where it is. That's awesome. So it's actually orbiting the sun right now. It's in orbit. Right. And it's following, it's sort of, the orbit is between Mars's and Earth's orbit. But right now, it's not even close to either one of them. Yeah, it's just flying all the way away from everything. Yeah, it's just orbiting on its own schedule now. (laughs) Wow. Oh my God. That's so freaking awesome. I wonder if they're planning it that like it'll crash into Mars when we have somebody finally go there and then they have a car on Mars. That would be pretty awesome. (laughs) So right now, yeah, it doesn't really matter. It makes no sense what I'm saying. It's pretty much opposite of where earth is from the sun. Well, my question is what unfortunate person is in that suit that they put in there. It's uh, goddamn somebody, somebody wanted to make disappear. Chuck them in there. Bada bing, bada bang. Who have we not seen since February of 2018? <sighs> saying. Just saying. Yeah. Well, I did read another article. They said it's not going to look anything like it did originally because it's going to be just battered by rays and Space all junk of and yeah. they said the the car chassis is probably going to be just clean metal and the uh the spaceman might either not be there anymore or <laughs> like the the suit will be torn up and the helmet might be there like and then you'll be able to see who's in it well could you imagine though like if if you did want to make someone disappear like is there a more perfect way to get rid of them Dude, there's the evidence. Floating, how are you going to get that back? You have to exactly. spend like a billion dollars to go get that back. There's no exactly. way. <clears throat> More than that. More than You're that. You're never going to find like, him. And it's a legend. How are you going to prove it? Yeah. Maybe it's like some like illegal Elon Musk baby mama trying to get rid of her. 
Maybe it's the real Justin Trudeau and the mm. fake one with the black faces down here with us. Yeah. Who knows? He's hiding someone up there. It's Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> Remember all those conspiracies? Jimmy Hoffa's in like, was in Giant Stadium end zone and in the bridge. <laughs> like, is all these different. I love a good conspiracy theory. And, you know, we've been talking about Justin Trudeau and, you know, what a little kind of chicken shit he's been lately with this Fidel Castro's convoy. little boy. The Fidel Castro's <laughs> is Justin Trudeau's father is a fun rabbit hole to go down. I went down it for 10 minutes and I'm like, all right, this is a bunch of crap. You did but, the math and said there's no way he could have been that. But I read a few articles. I entertained it for a few minutes and then I moved on with my life. I didn't, I'm not going to like go Dude, so online. I haven't heard about the Denver airport conspiracy. The Denver airport one is a good one. If but you that wanna, was one of the first big ones that hit like Google. And like, I've mentioned it to people like, Oh, I never heard. I'm like, you got to Google that thing. Well, that was like one of the ones you heard like pre Google too. Right. Yeah. It was like creepy stuff. Yeah. And then it was on Google and you're like, wow, it's all there. <laughs> I feel bad for some of these people who really get into conspiracy theories because there is so much evidence. I mean, quote unquote evidence out there. Now, if you want to just go for a ride and just like leech onto one of these and make it your thing, like the flat earth people, my favorite one, my favorite conspiracy theory is the one that Jim Morrison never died. He actually became Rush Limbaugh. That is a real conspiracy theory. People thought because Jim Morrison's dad had some sort of, he was in, was it the Air Force maybe or FBI and had some connections that somehow Jim Morrison became Rush Limbaugh. Damn. That's a fun one. If you want to go down a rabbit hole and have, a, have at it, I, I recommend that one. That's a fun one. That's awesome. <laughs> so it's funny. I looked up the, the conspiracy and they have it on Denver.org, they have it on there. So, like, they're using it. It's like a, a genius advertising thing. Well, when you were in there, addition. did you see all the stuff in the airport now they have? Like, they have all these signs up saying, like, oh, there are tunnels in the airport. <laughs> Why not? If people were looking for it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's funny as hell. Yeah. Yeah, but it gets creepy. I remember the first time I looked at it, it was like I was new to it. Like it was when Google was just starting getting it big and people were surfing the net. And like I was alone. It was dark. <laughs> and I'm watching. I'm like, oh my God, this is creepy shit. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> the Illuminati, Lizard People, and Lucifer. <clears throat> Lucifer's the blue horse outside, right? Yeah, with the red eyes. Yeah. Super crazy. It's fun stuff. It is fun. All right. Anything else this week? Or is that wrapping it up? I think that's about wrapping it up. Yeah. This was a fun episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We're on your favorite podcasting apps, especially Spotify. Shout out Joe Rogan. We're not pulling our podcast off. That's right. It's all there. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you find wonderful podcasts at. We've got a shop, skibumpodcast.com slash shop if you want some swag. Thank you again to Teresia and Paradise Skis. Go to the website. We have the links in the show notes if you want to get a discount on their awesome products. 
Thank you again for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluent. See ya.